I believe with every fibre of my being that the course I have set out is the right one for our country and all our people. What has been achieved today is not Brexit. I don't believe this government has negotiated fairly or effectively. Brexit is a lose-lose situation. We have always followed the EU mandate. It is utterly unacceptable to anybody who believes in democracy. Hello and welcome to Brexit The Final Countdown, your guide to the mad riddle that is Brexit. This week we are coming to you live from the Mother of Parliaments. We're in Central Lobby with our lobby insider and fixer, Martin Brown. Hello. And me, of course, Rebecca Hudson. We're in fine company this week also as we are nestled beneath a statue of Stafford Henry Northcote, a famous Tory. Who knows what he would make of all this? Welcome. To start us off, Martin, we had Plan A, which resulted in a historic defeat beyond all reckoning. And now we've got Plan B, which seems to be the same as Plan A, but means people don't have to spend 65 quid being allowed to stay in their homes, which is a small victory for the 3.7 million EU citizens in this country. What actually happened yesterday? Did anything change? I think you summed it up pretty nicely there. Nothing much changed. Um, The concessions on paying the £65 was the only thing that changed. Theresa May came into Parliament, as she has done repeatedly over the past uh, several weeks and months, and addressed MPs, baying in front of her, wanting changes... And that's pretty much all she offered them. Um, It's a slightly softer stance, but she will now face even more questions about what is actually in her plan A slash B, which many people are dubbing it at the moment. The same thing. So we have seen some Tories, some Brexiteers sort of softening overnight. We had Nadine Dorries and Sammy Wilson saying that if we can get rid of the backstop, they might back her deal. Really, is that going to happen? Is she even speaking to Brussels anymore? Is anyone answering the phone or are they all hanging out with Macron and Merkel today? Well, it's interesting that Dean Doris has come out with that because she's traditionally been quite an agitator, um, whether it's previous Prime Minister David Cameron or Theresa May. So for her to come out and say that some Brexiteers are softening their stance, I think is quite significant. Um, Brussels, Downing Street keeps saying that they're in constant dialogue with Brussels and Theresa May is talking with other leaders from from the EU and from other countries. Um, I just don't think it's quite as much dialogue as they they would like. Um, And the fact that she's not over there um, seeking reassurances (laughs) probably speaks volumes. It's just in in action on all fronts. Um, So maybe the real plan B, Martin, is the cross-party proposal from Yvette Cooper and Nick Bowles, where Parliament really are going to take back control. And so I think I've understood this, that if we don't pass a deal by the 26th of Feb, we would then seek to extend Article 15 to the end of the year. Is that right? Correct. Right. And that just sounds like a great plan. It buys us all a bit of time. We can kind of calm it all down, have a a plan. Uh, It looks like it might pass. Is it sensible? Will the government vote? Will there be a free line whip? What happens with this? Like, is it? It's next Tuesday the vote on that, isn't it? Yeah, next Tuesday there's a vote. It was passed. Uh, the amendment was put forward yesterday. It's from Yvette Cooper, who's um, from the public, powerful public accounts committee, and obviously leading uh, Labour Labour MP, and Nick Bowles, former minister, Remainer minister, um, and there'll be a vote next week. And if passed, then it means that the government, as you said, have until February 26th to, to get something concrete or something agreed. If not, then it will become 
in some kind of legal form that we have to extend uh, Article 50. And have, do we know that they will let us, that the EU will let us do that? Have we asked? I don't know whether we've asked yet, <laughs> but I think the EU would, they, would they let would us let do us. that. Okay. Um, would it, is it going to pass? It's looking likely. There's 30 plus ministers of right. various forms who are uh, hinting that they would back it, mm-hmm. plus uh, Labour but will as the, well. Would, will the government vote, will, sort of, will many Tories vote for it because it kind of takes power off the government and gives it to everyone in that route? I, it feels like a funny turkey for Christmas vote, you know? And no well, one's been thinking kind of country first for a while. It's been quite party Tory first. Re- Tory Remainers will. Yeah, Tory Remainers will. Most will of the Labour Party? Most of the Labour Party will vote for it. So, okay. Um, so in that respect, then it's likely to, to get through yeah. the amendment. Yes. And then if nothing happens between next Tuesday and February the 26th, then, then it could kick in and take effect. You asked earlier whether it's a good thing. You could argue it's kicking the can very far down the road again. Um, The country has resigned to Brexit um, on March 29th, and that's what we've been planning for. I would argue that probably a lot of people want Brexit just to happen in some shape or form on March 29th. By prolonging that, you're just kind of dragging out the agony and the... the (laughs) And you could also argue they've had two... Since the Article 50 was... um, took effect mm. uh, two years ago we've, we've had two years to or politicians have had two years to, to come to an agreement with Brussels why haven't they done, done that because they've been mucking around holding general elections playing mm. party politics so they've had two years to deal with it another what eight nine months yeah. um, you're just going to have the same old argument, arguments raging on well, do you think or, or do you think actually then that it means that we could actually achieve some sort of cross-party consensus would there be another general election does it mean that we'd end up passing a softer brexit like did you see the tobias elber tweet about banana bread where he was like do you do i follow the recipe even though it says 20 minutes even though the bread needs 30 minutes to get it right do you, does that make sense yeah. do you know what I, it doesn't. I like banana yes, bread it does. as well yes he's always like do the recipe says 20 minutes but i know it needs 30 should i just do it in 20 to honor the recipe or should i do the, the 30 minutes so it's deliciously gooey the trouble is that it's not, that was it's, not, it's not as simple as that because you've got so many other chefs trying, wading in trying to say, well, maybe yeah. if you do it for 25 minutes or but if, if their job is take to serve the, the best banana bread to the customers, is it not in the customer's best interest to wait for something that's not going to give them salmonella? Are there eggs in banana bread? I don't know. I've never cooked. But. I'm lost. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. I thought that was a great tweet. Okay, hang on. So you're saying it's just kicking the can down the road. Let's just crash out May and end of March, not May. Well, I'm saying I'm, that's one argument that it's kicking the can down the road. Probably putting my sensible hat on. A bit more time wouldn't be a bad thing. Oh. But you've got to you've got to crystallise minds now. I mean, you you were talking about whether there's going to be a, an election in that time. Well, they're talking. There's been rumours yeah. of an election between now and March 29. I mean, if you if you extend Article 50, then you're extending the opportunity for another general election. But knowing what you know, is there likely to be an election? There's no appetite number 10 for an election, right? I and that's where you are. I think there'll be an election this year, whether it's before or after Brexit. Oh, I don't know, but I think there will be... The Tories, you talk to some Tories, um, past and present, and they're, they're saying it's a, almost a formality. And number 10 are looking at the... The numbers, the the polls, and it's looking reasonably favourable for them at the moment. 
but Theresa May blew a huge mm. lead before, so That's maybe chaos. it's not the wise, wisest thing to do. I have an idea. Why don't we have a second referendum? Jeremy is up for it. Silence. Well, Jeremy's <laughs> Jeremy's. You always leave me hanging. Kind of up to up for it, well, but so he's inching towards yeah, it. Yeah, but, so, but is it, so this is an amendment that's unlikely to pass. Is no, this? Well, I, is it's it, not going to pass. Right. No. So it's just like saying it for the sake of saying it to pacify. Is that exactly. right? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Exactly that. Um, we are being joined. Hello, Hello. Shayla Shvara. Hi. Hi, Rebecca, nice to meet you. Nice this is Martin, our actual lobby person. Hi, nice to meet you, Rebecca. Thank you. Hi, Jodie, nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Okay, and we are joined by the wonderful Shayla Farah, MP for North Cambridgeshire. I'm from Cambridgeshire. You're from Peterborough, right? Well, not from Peterborough, but that's where you... I've got the southern third of Peterborough and then uh, about 100 villages down to, but not including Huntingdon. God's own country, very lovely. Absolutely. Superb, lovely country. And, <laughs> and the people are even more uh, lovely. <laughs> Okay, so you were a Remainer, but you're now a Brexiteer because your constituency backed to leave, is that right? Um, well, I, I actually am a Brexiteer because I genuinely believe that uh, 17.4 million people uh, put their trust in Parliament and they told us what they wanted to do. It was the biggest ever exercise in democracy in our country's history and I think that we Parliament uh, should uh, abide by those rulings and we should do the very best to leave. So whilst being a Remainer at the referendum, uh, I now believe in the mandate of the public and I think we should be doing what they have asked us to do and leave with the best deal. To summarise your position on Plan A slash Plan B, is it the same thing? What do you need to see from Theresa to back the vote whenever we vote on it next? Uh, we've got another vote coming up on the 29th of this month. I think what's absolutely critical is that the Prime Minister comes through with legally binding changes. Uh, there are a number of issues that trouble me on the 585-page uh, the, the withdrawal agreement, but I can live with some of them. But the critical thing has to be the backstop. The way it is at the moment is that the UK is in the backstop forever and a day. We cannot leave on, on a unilateral basis or there is no backstop date. So it's important that there is some finality to it, uh, that we are able to leave rather than being hostage to uh, the EU. And we've already had uh, President Macron of France saying uh, that as it stands, uh, he won't let us leave unless his French fishermen have access to our coastal waters for fishing. We've already had Pedro Sanchez, the Prime Minister of Spain, saying that he would want some satisfaction as far as Gibraltar is concerned. So we cannot be in a position where the United Kingdom is held hostage and caught up in the backstop, subject to EU rules, and we can't get out without their say-so. How confident are you that we're going to achieve the kind of legal reassurances that you need, considering you've not been overly impressed by the negotiation tactics so far, is that right? You didn't like no deal being taken off the table? I don't think no deal should be taken off the table, and, and frankly, uh, I, I have to say that uh, the business community who are so desperate for us to take no deal off the table, not one businesswoman or businessman would go into a business deal with another side and tell the other side that they're taking no deal off the table uh, because immediately by saying so, they'd be weakening their bargaining position. The other side would simply say, I know this person's not leaving without a deal, I'll simply dig my heels in, and they've already said uh, they're not leaving, so they'll have to take whatever. So, so on, the, on the EU scenario, let's be clear what it is. This is a business deal. It is a trade deal. And it is the biggest business deal in the UK's history. And if we get it right, then there will be decades and decades of prosperity for those same business people who are asking us to take the deal off the table. And I, all I say to the business community is that I fully appreciate their concerns, I really do. 
But the difficulty, if we do go out of the EU on a no-deal basis, the difficulty would be short-term for a matter of months, but we will have £39 billion, which we won't be giving to the EU, which can be used to help them and cushion the economy as well. Okay, Martin? Can I, I just wanted to ask a quick question. Um, do you think Jeremy Corbyn's helping or hindering the whole process? I think Jeremy Corbyn is being purely political. And frankly, I don't think that he knows uh, which direction to go to every morning he wakes up uh, because his party is all over the place. What we need right now is for all politicians to act in the national interest and particularly the leader of the opposition to act like a statesman and to think of the greater good of the nation. Sadly, he's not doing that. He doesn't know what he wants. He is swayed from one side to another, depending upon who's the last person he's spoken to in his party, or whether they were uh, a trade unionist or some other third party group that has influence over him. We do need some statesmanship from him, and that this is a critical time in our country's history when we need to get round. There are a lot of potential scenarios, and as I said, for me, I have issues over the £39 billion, but I can live with it. But the matter is narrowed down to ensuring that as far as the backstop is concerned, we do have a unilateral date. Uh, we, we do have the ability to leave unilaterally, or there is a date at the end when we can see some finality. And are we getting statesmanship from Theresa May? Uh, Theresa May is doing an extraordinarily difficult job in very difficult circumstances. Uh, but I do hope very much that she will be able to hold her nerve because by doing so, uh, we are already seeing that uh, the EU is beginning to buckle. We had uh, recently the Polish Foreign Secretary saying that uh, perhaps they could have a five-year uh, limit on the backstop. We've already had Brussels saying that planes will continue to fly if there were to be a no-deal scenario. And they've also said that in the event of a no-deal scenario, lorries will continue to flow back and forth. Our own Department of Health has said that medicines will be available. So all those scare stories that if we go out without a deal, then there would be economic Armageddon. What we are seeing is that because the no-deal scenario is still on the table, the EU, in order to give peace and comfort to their own citizens, not us, to their own citizens, they have had to start giving assurances, which they simply weren't giving before because they were being very hard-nosed in their negotiations. But as we get closer to the 29th March, they are beginning to buckle and we need to hold our nerve. And so what I say to those who are against the no-deal scenario, just look at the facts. Just see what has been happening in the past two or three weeks. The EU is beginning to see reality that no-deal is not good for them as it isn't good for us. How do you feel about the cross-party proposal amendment put forth by Yvette Cooper and Nick Bowles? The, when, was, when was that? Yesterday. Yesterday. That would buy us just a little bit more time to the end of the year, extend Article 50, so we can really come together in the spirit of one nation and kind of figure this out because we're super divided the people of Peterborough might have voted to leave but I'm sure there's a few Remainers knocking around what do you think about that? Well the majority of people in, in my constituency of North West Cambridgeshire did vote to leave and, 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 and the constituency comprises the southern third of Peterborough as well as uh, some hundred or so villages down to but not including Huntingdon uh, what I would say to anyone who wishes to extend Article 50 is that the problem and the difficulties aren't going to go away uh, we will simply be pushing the difficulties further along the line. We need to bite the bullet, take the decisions now, because I'm not in any way convinced that if we were to delay by three months or six months or whatever, we're going to be any 
in any different position and will simply be pushing back the ultimate decision. The other thing here is, of course, the public mandate that we have to agree to. We promised the public that we would be leaving the EU. We gave notice two years ago and we need to honour that uh, pledge to the public because otherwise we question our validity in terms of doing what the public have asked us to do. Let us be clear, at the referendum we had 17.4 million people saying that they want Parliament to trigger the notice and to take the country out of the EU. We follow the process, we've triggered Article 50, it's a two-year notice period, we need to leave. And if we don't, then we uh, basically ensure that uh, the name of politicians uh, goes even lower in public esteem than it is at the moment. How about we just do it all over again and have another referendum? Well, if we had another referendum and then the other side won this time, mm. then we'd go through all of this again. And then do we have best of three or should we have best of five? Uh, and what about the concept of democracy? Democracy has consequences. And in the voting system that we have, we have members of parliament who are sitting here with majorities which are in two figures. I'm sure that a number of their constituents would say, hang on, you've just got a tiny, tiny majority. Let's have another by-election in your case, because a huge number of people didn't agree with you. But those MPs are quite happy to sit here, but some of them are quite happy to ignore the will of the majority when there was a difference of one million people between leave and remain and a margin of 4% in terms of uh, the uh, percentage vote. Uh, democracy is also something that we need to remember. We, as a country, we are at the forefront on the global stage of telling the rest of the world of the importance of democracy. In the House of Commons we have two very important organisations, the Commonwealth Parliamentary Association and the International Parliamentary Union. They regularly organise conferences and seminars at which overseas legislators come, and I've spoken at some of these conferences, and we tell them of the importance of democracy. Wouldn't it be extraordinarily hypocritical and ironic if the United Kingdom, which preaches to the rest of the world the importance of democracy, then says to its own people, notwithstanding that we've had the biggest mandate in our largest ever uh, democratic exercise of voting, we're going to ignore that and go for a second referendum. The other thing it is, is that you underestimate the uh, knowledge of the 17.4 million people who voted and voted to leave. It is ironic that uh, the vast majority of people who write to me and say that the public didn't know what they were voting for, the vast majority of them are Remainers. As far as the Leavers are concerned, and I speak to many of those, they tell me they knew exactly what they were voting for. And that is an important point that we need to remember. This is the Remain side who are basically coming up with uh, different reasons for having a second referendum. What I say to them is, I understand you're upset, but I also say to them, had they won, I'm sure they wouldn't be making the noises they are because they'd be very happy with the decision. Do you think that there should be a referendum on the between Theresa May's plan, plan A, B, whatever you want to call it, and no deal? No. The public said, we want Parliament to leave. 
let's be clear here. We, we have a representative democracy. In other words, the public vote MPs into Parliament. We then vote and take decisions on a variety of issues. If the public don't like what we are doing, then at the next general election, they can vote against us. That's the way our democracy works. However, in this particular instance, we, Parliament, said to the public, we're not going to vote on this. We want specific instructions from you, the public, to tell us what you want us to do. We went out, we told the public, you decide. The public did decide. And they decided with an increased vote of one million for the Leavers over the Remainers and a margin of 4% difference, 48.52. They've given their instructions to us. It is now for us to deliver what the public have told us to do. This isn't a time for having another referendum or uh, a, another straw poll of this or that, whatever. We need to get on with the job. And the other thing I would say to those who talk about more referendums and, and, and the like is that the country is already divided. We need to now be working towards bringing the country together. And to have another referendum would do anything but healing those divisions. But Parliament's not exactly united at the moment, is it? Uh, you're absolutely right. Parliament isn't united. Uh, and that is because this is a matter on which there are very strong feelings and very strong, uh, passionately held views. But I think it's important that Parliament as a whole respects the decision of the public. Uh, the public made it absolutely clear in that referendum what they want us to do. And I very much hope that uh, what was set out in the Labour manifesto, what was set out in the Conservative manifesto, that we would honour the result of the referendum, can be carried through by Parliament and we can get through and deliver what was promised. Do you think the amendment, these amendments, particularly um, Yvette Cooper and Nick Bowles, will break the logjam? I don't know. I can't speak for what will happen at a particular vote. We are living in difficult times and uh, it's difficult to say how any of the votes will go. Okay, one last question. You have a lot of clarity of thought. What is going to happen? I very much hope that on 29th March we will leave the European Union. And do we leave with the deal? Do we leave with the amended Theresa's deal? A softer Brexit? Norway Plus? Uh, Norway Plus is not what uh, the public voted for. Norway Plus keeps us locked in. Norway Plus wasn't on the ballot. Uh, what was on the ballot was leave or remain and then it's for us to make sure that we deliver leave means leave that means we're out of the single uh, single market we're out of the customs union we're out there making up our own deciding on our own laws deciding on our own borders and being a sovereign nation norway doesn't provide that roll on march thank you very much well that was exciting wasn't it shayla shvara from north cambridgeshire Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> it's great to hobnob in the central lobby. Um, I didn't mean, to, I meant to ask him, how do we not pay the 39 billion? I think we need to pay the 39 billion. What do you think? How do we not pay it? Well, well yeah, we, we can't just, not pay it, can we? It's like well, running out of a no restaurant without a bill. If we, if we leave with a no deal, then we can just say no, we're not paying it. Mm. Oh, right, that's what you meant then. Okay, so we've exhausted all the options, but Martin. We read something in the uh, Express today um, about the Royal Assent Bill and how actually we might end up having to invoke, is that what, does, does one invoke a Royal Assent power? What, I don't know what the terminology is. And that actually the Queen could probably save the day and save Brexit, which is a Venn diagram for our readers and listeners. 
What it is, it, it was some research done by um, Policy Exchange Think Tank. Uh, they've had a, a QC working on this. And <clears throat> basically, if nothing can get through Parliament, then the Queen could be dragged in to, to help, out, help sort the mess out. I think it's hugely unlikely because you've got to go through a number of jump through a number of hoops um, before you get to that stage. But it has happened before, about three hundred years ago. So, and that's never kind of where never. we are. We are never in remarkable never. times. Oh, okay, fine. So the Queen will sort it out once she's taken her car keys off. The car keys off her but husband. As another rival newspaper famously once uh, had on their front page, mm. the Queen is a Brexiteer. So. We're all Brexiteers, Martin. But I'm not sure the uh, royal family... Uh, um, They've got enough going on with the babies and the, like the car yeah. crashes. Okay, fine. So if worse comes to the worst, we can always invoke royal assent. Am I saying... Is that right? Invoke? You haven't corrected invoke, me. No, invoke. Yeah, is. I've got the lingo. Okay, fine. So we'll, we will reconvene next week, Martin, and what will have happened? Will Yvette Cooper's amendment have passed and we'll actually be talking about this for the next rest of the year yeah next tuesday is the next big day yeah, I, I, team Cooper nothing much one. of significance i don't think is gonna happen between now and next tuesday but you never know in the world funny world we live in at the moment each day is is quite momentous so anything anything can happen but the next big day key day is next tuesday and i if you'd like to you're more than welcome to come back to uh, to my uh your yard. Place of work, my yard, my gaff. Yeah, they've been they've been quite welcoming here. We did get told off for taking photos, so I'm sorry. Oh, about that's that. definite. No, no. Have you ever taken photos in here? No, too scared. No, too, too scared. scared. Yeah, Why would they do? No, I have actually, but don't tell anyone. Okay, your secret safe of us and our you, millions of listeners. You're not allowed to, um, uh, as a journalist in the press gallery in the Commons. Yeah. Uh, you're not allowed to take photos. There are now official photographers who do take photographs uh, of yeah we've seen photos of you proceedings yeah so. okay fab martin it's been an honor and a privilege and we will see you next week thank you for listening to brexit the final countdown if you like what you heard make sure you click subscribe and if you really enjoyed it you could always leave us a review